I'm here this afternoon with Sophia Lombard. And uh, Sophia and I go back a long way because when she was little, um, she used to go to the yacht club where I used to go and swim and still do. And so I know her and her little sister, and well, one little sister. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we go back a long way. It's great to have you along, Sophia. Yeah, it's great to join you. And um, we're in the John McIntosh Hall, which is quite fun, something different. And it's opposite where Sophia works, which is Price Waterhouse Coopers. And one of the reasons that I wanted Sophia to talk to me today is because she's a chartered accountant. She's a she's a woman in Gibraltar. She's a chartered accountant, which is mainly a man's role. And I want to know, if is it that boring? Is it that boring to be an accountant? <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, to be honest, like I... It's like you say, there's a stigma around um, being an accountant and that is such a boring job. But for me, anyway, it's actually not. It's quite an interesting job. It's very different every day. We've got um, different jobs, so it's not the same thing. And like you say, it's a very male-dominated role and career. But there are actually a lot of females in our offices, so it's not as unbalanced as people may think it is. I think now a lot of people, a lot of women are doing these jobs, whereas when I was young, maybe yeah. there was very few and mostly men did accounts. Yeah. Um, it's like um, law. There were few female lawyers. I think more female lawyers started when I um, went to uni. All my friends did law. So it's one of those things. What, what's it like? I want to know um, working at PwC because it looks like quite a vibrant um, place. There's lots of um, international uh, people who, who work there. I suppose they come from other um, parts of the business around the world. Not yeah, to, that's tell right. me a bit about it. It's a very diverse workplace. We've got people, like <clears> you <throat> say, from a lot of different countries, which I believe a lot in diversity. So it adds a lot to the, the, the working culture we've got there. I mean, everyone is welcome. Um, so, yeah. And um, what's it when when people come from other parts of the world, um, because I guess they're seconded here or whatever, does that mean that you can also go and work in other parts of the world if you have the opportunity? Yeah, that's right. I mean, like a perk of PwC is that you can transfer within the PwC offices to any office across the world. So if you ever want to take that opportunity, you can. That's great, though. Yeah, yeah. it's a fantastic opportunity if you did want to get away. Yeah, it adds a lot of flexibility to where you want to work and where you want to be in. In a, in a country, really. And did you always want to do accountancy? What, what growing up? What did you What did you think you were good at, or did you ever think you'd be? A... So you know, like I had this conversation not long ago with um with my partner, and I was telling her I was like, I'm not sure why I'm an accountant, or or what I think it just happened, really, because <laughs> I always say it was like at the age of 16, 17, where you're making your life choices. How do you really ever want to ever know what you want to be, unless you're super good at something? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it was like I enjoy numbers. Um, I I thought, let's let's go for it. It's a career I'd probably enjoy. And to be honest, I made the right choice. Well, that's really good because my I've got a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old. And my 16-year-old is like you, absolutely clear that he wants to be a geography teacher, <laughs> right? So he's just geography, geography, geography. Yeah. Um, my daughter wasn't so sure, but she's doing psychology. So she did like general subjects. Yeah. But at 16, you're still quite immature. You're still quite young. And yeah, you have to choose. A-level options, which yeah, right. will lead the way to university. Yeah, inevitably, and inevitably, you're making a decision at a very at a stage where you're not even too sure where you are, sort of finding your feet. And it's like what you say, the choices do impact your career. And I guess if you're good at numbers, that is a huge advantage because yeah. in my family, none of us can do numbers. <laughs> I never passed my maths GCSE, yeah. never. I did it five times. And then my only, my only thing in life was that my children 
passed their maths GCSE and they've both passed. So yeah. my job is done now with them. <laughs> but yeah, maths is a hard subject. I think you have to be logically minded to be able to do yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's think that's you... the sort of mind I have. I'm somewhat more logical and sort of like numbers was what I was sort of like best at. Whereas when it came to be a bit more creative and things is is where I struggled more. So it was like I prefer logic to so, to other things. So where did you do your degree? In Oxford Brooks. So did I. No, <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yes, Oxford Brooks. Yeah. What a place. Yeah, amazing. I loved uh, it. I loved it. I loved it so much. I lived there for ten years. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, I'm always, I'm sort of always thinking about going back, and at the right time, I'll probably go back and visit. It felt like Gibraltar, but in the UK, because it was small and it felt safe. Yes, exactly. I was. I went there because at my mum. My uncle, my mum's brother, lived nearby, and nice. so he wanted me. She wanted to send me somewhere where there was family. In yeah. those days, it was really important. Um, but I, I loved it. Um, yeah. The whole the whole life in Oxford because you're just enough far away from London. Yeah, exactly. But it's still you get on the City Link or the Oxford Tube, and you're yeah. there in an hour. That was what I used to do yeah. most Christmas. I used to get the the bus, which was like an hour, just over an hour, and we'd go into Winter Wonderland. That's so right. Just, just close by to London. Absolutely. And tell me about your love, your love for rugby. So I also want to big up women's rugby, yeah. women's sports <laughs> in general, because I think they are, they are, especially with the football as well. I, I mean, agree. I know football is not your subject, yeah. but come on, the Lionesses have done incredibly well. They get yeah. paid half or a quarter of what the men get, their equivalents. Yeah. And look how well they've done in the Euros. I know. I think the women winning the Euros in 2022 sort of like has, had an impact on all other types of sports so it's sort of like they've proved the lionesses like you say have proved that women can do just as a good job as men can which has been like the common theme for years now in any woman's sport it's always been like oh men can do it better that's why men get paid more and even in terms if we bring that into rugby it's only i think earlier this year that rugby teams have started paying their female players to play rugby because they were always juggling their full-time jobs and even kids with playing rugby as a as a hobby. So mm. it's, it's great to see the progress. So rugby is big in Jib now. Yeah. Tell me all about it. I want to know everything. Like you have an amazing pitch at the Europa Point Stadium. Yeah, I think it's one of the best pitches. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. mean, that area I've always quite loved because of the view to Africa. It's just open spaces yeah. and... Um, and I used to, you know, well, the whole cr- cricket pitch that was there before, I used to even just go for a walk around there. So tell me about how you are um, empowering other children, girls. Yeah. And what, what are you doing with your yeah coaching? So um, are you a coach? Yeah, yeah I'm oh. a coach. So I was involved with the with the girls rugby, sort of trying to recruit them and sort of stay in, in the game of rugby because there's a like there's a big stigma around playing rugby and and especially women playing rugby. So um, what we are going to try and do this um, this new um, season is go into the schools and just coach the girls rugby and see if we can retain a few numbers and bring them along. Cause so you just coach girls rugby? Yeah. So the, the the main issue here is is that we struggle to retain players and to get people to come along and try the sport because of how scary it looks on the pitch. And as being a rugby player, I can assure you that it doesn't look as bad as it is. Mm. Like, you can get injured as much as you play any other sport, to be honest. I think, this is what I think, being a Janita mum, <laughs> that 
people probably are put off because rugby is quite brutal. Yeah, yeah. No? Exactly. And you see rugby players, like the professional ones with half their ears chopped off. Yeah. Most of them have false teeth. Yeah. Um, or bashes on their faces, bruises which last a lifetime. Yeah. So that could put parents off. Yeah, to be honest, my mum, when she comes to watch the matches, she sits on the stands and closes her eyes. <laughs> I'm surprised. I think I would do the same. <laughs> or, or doesn't wear her glasses and ask my sister, but on this man, on man. Just making sure I'm alive. But like you say, the at the same time, the men's game is very different to the women's game. Is it? Yeah. Why the, is it different? I wouldn't say it's as brutal. Okay. But is that because girls aren't so brutal? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would say so. Okay. I would say but so. But some girls probably are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? But not to the extent of, okay. of what a man's game looks like. Okay, and what about the the training and the fitness that you need to have to be able to play like matches and all the rest? Do you, do you play in a in a team in, a, in the women's team? Yeah, so I play part of the Gibraltar women's rugby team. I'm, I play as a forward, so that's just being part of the main pack. That's where the strong, bigger people go. Um, the good thing about rugby is you don't. There's no certain level of fitness you need to play. And the the, well, the reason why I like the game so much is it's very diverse. So there's this position for everyone. Okay. So if you're very fast, you could always be in the backs. If you're a bit bigger, stronger, you could always fit in the forward. So that's the beautiful aspect to the game is that there's a place for everyone. Okay. And that's what the message we're trying to get across is, is that try it out and you'll see that there's a place for you also as part of the team. So you want to encourage um, parents to send their daughters yeah. to play rugby. Yeah. And how is it organized? How do you, how do you, when, where do you do the classes and all that? So on yeah. Mondays, we're currently doing fitness sessions. So sort of getting our fitness levels up for the upcoming season. So what we call this is pre-season training. And on Thursdays, we do also touch rugby at 6.30 in the stadium. And we also then, after that session, we go into playing contact rugby. So we're sort of taking a different angle this year, sort of this season, and we're trying to encourage women to join rugby by initially playing touch rugby. And what is the difference? The difference is that there's no contact. So rather oh. than, yeah. So what happens when you have to scrum? So there's no scrums. No! <laughs> How can you play rugby I without know. a scrum? I know, I'm not a big fan of touch rugby, no. but I'm positive that hopefully it brings more women to to try the the contact aspect of it. It's sort of like a a step into what what contact rugby is. Touch rugby, it should be called non-touch rugby. <laughs> I know. No? It's just a little tap. <laughs> it's a bit confusing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose, I, I understand. I understand. Um, it is a great sport. I mean, you watch, I've got into it recently and you watch it on TV and it just, it just looks brutal, but it's so exciting. I know. And that buzz from just sitting on the sofa, I mean, actually being on the pitch must be incredible. Yeah. Have you played anywhere like super special? I mean, playing here in Gibraltar is super special. Like we mentioned before, the pitch is amazing. It's got such an amazing view. And when we get players from other other countries coming, like even across the border, and even when we see the, when we speak to men's team and they say like the pitch is beautiful and it genuinely is. Yeah. So apart from that, and we've also played mainly what we're playing, what we've played before is in Spain. So we're hoping to open our opportunities and, and go abroad and participate in tours. Female, female teams in Spain that you can play against? Yeah, we've, basically here in Andalusia, they've got a, a rugby, like a women's rugby league. So okay. there's quite a few teams. So Ianjib is only one, unfortunately. So if we do play, it will be either against Spain or against each other initially, really. In an unpredictable and fast-changing world, 
we need to be ready for anything. The PwC Professional is the firm's career progression framework. It prepares us to help clients navigate business challenges and opportunities. Regardless of what the future holds, the PwC Professional supports each of us and our development so that we can continue to thrive and grow, even in uncertain times. At PwC, we're expected to be curious, to invest time in our development, and to continuously evolve our leadership capabilities, whatever our role within the firm. So you tell me you play forward, no? Yeah, that's right. Uh, how do you, I guess it's stress relief, no, Sophia? Yeah. Um, so if you are at PwC and you're having a pretty stressful day, you know that you're going to get on the pitch or do some training and that's going to help. How would you, does it Does it really help? I mean, yeah, I, mean, it, I mean, like any other sport, it sort of like um, always helps out with your mental health. So I, rugby is something that I never miss. So every every training session I'm there for the reasons that you say, it's a stress relief it just makes you feel better on that hour, hour and a half you're on the pitch. You come off feeling like a different person. Um, are you stressed in your life? At the moment, no. <laughs> I have I have I have had my periods where not everyone has yeah. bad days and bad yes. bad rough patches, but at yes. the moment I'm okay. <laughs> I'm glad. Um and tell me something. What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest challenges with rugby? And 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 I'm organizing people because that is a challenge. Yeah, definitely. I mean the biggest challenge in rugby is probably the the technicality to the game because like i say in terms of fitness you could you could play regardless of whether you're not that fit or not um but it's just learning all the rules and the and like you say in the scrums and all those things and the impacts to your body it's something that once you don't play for a month or two and you go to your first match you you feel it you feel it <laughs> and have you ever had a bad injury uh no oh good yeah fortunately yeah lucky yeah um, so yeah, let me see. Is it hard to be a girl and play rugby? I mean, in Gibraltar, not so much. Do you feel that your male counterparts respect you like they should here? Yeah, I, I, w I would say that in Gibraltar, I think, I don't know what the situation is in, in other countries, so I can't speak for them, but... In Gibraltar, we've got a good relationship going on with the men who play rugby. They're always wanting to help us out. They offer and say, look, if you need any help with, for example, any scrums or lifting, which are the technical aspects of the game, they're always willing to come and help us out. So I think we do get that respect. And when we do play games, we do have males watching us. And But not playing against you? No, not you, playing no. against you. We're not allowed to play against the men. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's quite it's quite strict then. Yeah. Okay. Um what are your work ethics? I mean, how how do you, what do you live by? What, do you have any rules that you live by that you can um, use in your rugby and vice versa? Yeah, I would say commitment to the job, enjoying it. Um, also having a, a, a balance also. So work-life balance and like I say, always go to rugby and it's always finding that, that thing of where do you finish work and, and forget about it and when do you enjoy yourself. Mm. And... Um, do you feel, do you like, you like, obviously like going to work. You you yeah. enjoy your job. Yeah, I do enjoy my job. And it's good. PwC is like a cool place to work. Yeah, it is a good place to work. And we've... Do you feel respected as a woman doing, being an, a, a female accountant there? Yeah, I definitely feel respected. And I feel like I have my place in, in the company. I mean, like I say, it's a very di diverse um, work environment. So everyone's included and you always feel a part of the firm. And recently they announced sort of like flexibility um, perks so we can work from home two days a week 
We can also work from another country, given obviously approval for two weeks. So it gives oh, you the flexibility so to sort of... So even for a short while. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to like... Because I know Nicholas McQuiston is now in Canada. Yeah, that's right. Um, working for but PwC. I mean, but in terms of like, for example, you could go on holiday. You could spend two weeks working and the rest on your annual leave. So you could have oh, an extra long holiday. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, what a shame I can't do figures. I'm in the wrong job, obviously. <laughs> um, how do you empower women? How do you empower women around you? Women in your personal life? How, what, what, what do you do? I think it's always giving them their space, no, and and recognizing they are what they're able to do and their capabilities, and sort of like respecting, like for like, whether it's a man or a woman. I would say treat a man and or a woman exactly the same the way. Same. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are you trying to achieve with your rugby? What is the ultimate goal of of what you're trying to do right now? With I think coaching? my my ultimate goal, like you say, in terms of like coaching. What I'm trying to do is increase the numbers here in Gibraltar, get more women involved, get more girls involved and just increase increase the numbers and, and make it a bigger game, really. Mm. What we hope for in the future is to have our own league here in Gibraltar, which will involve four teams and obviously about 100 girls or women playing. Wow. How many do you have right now? So we have around 30 maybe on paper. Okay. But then on obviously, yeah. what does that mean? They don't turn up for yeah. training. Yeah. But do you have enough for a team? I mean, you have enough. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to matches, et cetera, we all manage to show up and, and, and represent. Okay. But obviously, on a day to day basis, it's hard. People do have commitments, et cetera. But there are times when numbers are low and we'd like there to be like a consistent number of people being part of the team and being showing and showing up when they can. So this is a call out to people listening. Yeah. The rugby <laughs> is not going to get your daughter's teeth bashed yeah. in. Yeah, rugby is a place to be. <laughs> Good. Well, I hope people um, do do get in touch. Tell me, what gives you the most buzz in life? Uh, <laughs> I what, think a lot of things. What, what do you enjoy? What like your hobbies and stuff that you like to do? Oh, apart from rugby, because that's one yeah. of my main hobbies. I also enjoy watching the sport of rugby. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I'm <laughs> sure there's always something going yeah. on. And there's a, like a, I think everyone knows there's a social aspect to rugby. Mm. So he enjoys obviously in every in any other country you play a match and you stay out with your team, have a few drinks and and enjoy yourself. So even next week I'm going to the UK. I'm going to watch the women's rugby. So we're going to watch oh, England, wow. England versus Wales. So that's where do you be watch that in Cardiff, in Bristol, in Bristol, the whole great city. In Bristol. Yeah. Wow. But even then, when we when we purchased tickets, we could tell that the stadium was more sold out than what we're used to seeing. Because when we went to watch the a women's Six Nations game, the pitch was like half full. Wow. So hopefully, like you say, mentioned before, the lioness that has helped. I think. It's been like a domino effect across all sports. And I think more people, I think mostly the male counterparts too, to show up and support a women's game. Wow, that's really good to yeah. hear. I'm really glad. Um, what's winning like? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really good feeling because it's not, it's not just personal. I think it's like a, a team accomplishment that everyone has come together and, and put their part in and, and, and made it a successful game. What is your team called? Just Gibraltar Women's Rugby. Ah, that's it. Yeah, and you're yeah. the captain? No, we, we don't have a set captain. It sort of depends on, on the game. Okay. Um, what's your greatest achievement? In life? Yeah, just generally. <laughs> I mean, you know, your job, I mean, you, you know, you're pretty cool in the sense that you, you have a fantastic job yeah. in a great company who value you. 
um, and you're playing a good rugby, you're empowering women. So yeah. really, you're a great role model, Sophia. I think yeah, um, without realizing, I, I probably am. That's one of those yeah. things that you don't recognize when it's usually to do with yourself. But I think my job, like you say, that my career and qualifying as a chartered accountant, it has been a hard journey. How many years is that? Yeah, so with uni and then... Uni has been more. three years, then I did an extra year, so four years, and then another two, two doing my exams whilst working. So it hasn't been an easy, an easy task. Wow. Well, I'm really, really glad that we've had this chance to talk um, about your life, and, and I hope you. women are listening, and other girls are listening, and, and see really that you can make some. You know, you can do it. Yeah, you can do I anything. I always say, if I can get a degree, <laughs> somehow anybody can. Yeah. But honestly, listening to your story um, has made me realize that even more because, Thank I mean, you. you're bright and you're doing extremely well. So I take my hat off to you. <laughs> I have one last question, which I ask everyone. It's a bit of a, well, difficult one. Uh, who do you look up to and why? I think uh, my family, really, I'm a one of four sisters. And looking looking up to all my sisters, my three of us have all got successful careers anybody else that you look up to yeah um, i don't want to sound too vain or anything but i probably look up to myself i've probably been one of my biggest supporters and i think we all need to be our own biggest supporter to just get through times you probably didn't think you'd get through so yeah thank you for having me michelle thank you for the opportunity it's been amazing it's been a pleasure to have you and um well done and keep going because we want to see you winning cups and things <laughs> You've been listening to Women Rising, a series of talks where I've chatted to fabulous and inspirational women exclusively about their lives and their losses, their struggles and their successes, and their contribution to this world where they are empowering others and making a huge difference in our community. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a huge thank you also to Beatrice Garcia, who has designed and painted the podcast icon, She's at BeatriceGarcia.com. Should you like to advertise your business on my podcast, please get in touch. And please like and rate the show on your favorite listening platform. And comment also if you can. And should you want to get in touch with me, my email is rougejib at gmail.com.